Coming up on this episode, Steve Kerr has confirmed the Golden State Warriors starting lineup for Saturday's first preseason game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Plus, plenty happened at Media Day on Monday. So we'll go through all the major takeaways, including a veteran firming for the Warriors 14th roster spot. Yes, welcome back to the Golden State with Mates podcast. Hope you're all having a good start to your week and are excited for Warrior Basketball to return here in four days on Saturday against the Los Angeles Lakers. We've had our first little nugget of information regarding that game with Steve Kerr pulling no punches, listing his starting lineup straight away, straight up for Saturday's game against the Lakers. So unsurprisingly, we'll see uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and of course, the new high-profile free agent acquisition, not free agent acquisition, off-season acquisition via trade of Chris Paul. So we'll see CP, I'm assuming, starting at the point, Steph at the two, Clay at the three, Wiggs at the four, and uh, and Loon at the five. This is what Steve had to say uh, earlier in the day regarding this lineup. He said, those five guys will start the first game, but as I said in camp, we're going to try a lot of different lineups through the exhibition season. They'll start the first game, and we'll see after that. We've got to try a lot of different groups and see what we have. Now, that might be true, but I would be surprised if there was any other lineup for opening night against the Phoenix Suns on October 24. Obviously, Draymond Green's got his ankle injury, which is going to put him out for four to six weeks. Most likely, uh, almost certainly going to miss that opening night game against the Suns. Last episode, I spoke about the potential of Jonathan Kaminga being in the starting lineup, Dario Saric as well. Go back and check that out if you haven't already. But as I said, I'd be surprised if we didn't see anything aside from a CP, Steph, Clay, Wiggs, and Looney lineup. And honestly, I think it actually makes more sense than a lineup with Dre in exchange for Loon. I know that I personally would be excited to see JK out there, but I think the lineup with CP and Loon instead of CP and Dre actually makes a little bit more sense. Now, I know Draymond Green is one of the most versatile players in NBA history and probably almost certainly the most versatile player of the last 10 years defensively, but I do think you feel a little bit more comfortable with the extra size and rebounding and still you know, stating the fact that you've got a 6'9 player out there in Loon rather than going you know, incredibly small with the 6-6 the six, six Dre. So it actually does make a little bit more sense to me, and I don't particularly hate it. Like, I, I just I don't particularly like the, the, the idea of a starting lineup with CP, Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Dre. That is just way too small for me. I feel a lot more comfortable with having Loon there as the, uh, as the center with the size and the rebounding that he can provide. We heard Chris Paul and Kevon Looney asked about their roles uh, at Media Day yesterday, and I actually thought if you're a Warrior fan, you'd have to be pretty happy with what you heard throughout the entirety of Media Day, but in particular regarding those two players and who will be the sixth man and coming off the bench for the Warriors this season. CP, obviously he's been the one that's been most hesitant towards a sixth man role since his acquisition on draft day in June, and it was really the first time that he appeared comfortable and a little bit more willing to me about a potential six-man role, which is unsurprising because obviously we're a lot closer to the start of the season now than what we were when he first spoke about it, you know, a couple of weeks after his acquisition right at the start of the off-season. 
but he made reference to coming off the bench effectively for Team USA in the past, which was really the first time that he'd even mentioned that in, in discussions. So I think that would have to make you feel pretty good as a Warrior fan that, hey, this guy might actually be willing to partake in a six-man role and impact the team in a way that uh, you know most fans, I think, feel that he should in terms of coming off the bench. And Loon, classic unselfish loon and I feel like we take it for granted a little bit but this guy the way he's been able to impact the team both as a player but leadership wise and again it came through yesterday at media day when he said that I don't really care that I think you know I've worked hard enough and impacted the game enough to be a starter in this league but you know he said he also recognizes the resume that the other five have having all played in multiple all-star games or Wiggs has played in one all-star game but for the other four they've all played in multiple all-star games so the self-reflection the general selflessness of Kevon Looney continues to shine through and we know for him that whether he starts or comes off the bench, he's going to give it all. He's going to bring the exact same heart and energy that he does on an, every night, regardless of whether he's starting or coming off the bench. It's I actually feel like it's disappointing in a way, particularly if you go back to last season in the playoffs where he was arguably the Warriors' second-best player behind Steph Curry in that first-round series against the Sacramento Kings, and he absolutely put on a clinic against DeMantis Sabonis. He dominated DeMantis Sabonis, particularly on the boards, which if you went into that series, a lot of Kings fans thought that's where they had the edge, that Sabonis you know, would be able to dominate and that Loon wouldn't be able to match up with him. And he absolutely, as I said, he absolutely dominated him, had over 100 rebounds for the seven-game series. I think Sabonis was had about 30 less rebounds for the series. And then obviously we transitioned to the second-round series against the Lakers. Steve Kerr wanted a lot more shooting out on the floor, and all of a sudden Loon basically goes back to being a bench player in that series. So it is it is strange. Um, you know, it's fantastic the way that Loon you know, embraces and accepts the regular, you know, switching between him being a starter and him coming off the bench. And we'll just have to, you know, as Steve said, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. But I think, you know, most, you know, importantly, you would feel comfortable as a Warrior fan with what both Chris Paul and Kevon Looney had to say yesterday. The interesting thing about, you know, this lineup with Chris Paul in it is that Andrew w- uh, sorry Andrew Wiggins is um, going to be at the three at uh, the four and Clay Thompson is going to be at the three, but defensively Clay is going to be guarding the fours. Now that makes a lot of sense. Wiggs is you know the best perimeter slash wing defender that the Warriors have. I think most importantly here we need to start recognizing and you know I've wrote about it all offseason really talking about you know the Warriors and their three guard lineup with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. I think we just need to reiterate and try and drill into our heads here that Clay Thompson's just a small forward at this point of his career, and I think that's fine. Like athletically, he doesn't have quite what he had, you know, pre-injuries, which is absolutely understandable. And he's also, you know, he's six 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 seven. Like that's a general, you know, average size for a small forward. So I think if we just start to drill into our heads that Clay's a small forward. I think we just feel more comfortable with the idea of Chris Paul and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson playing together on the floor at the one time. But obviously, defensively, as I said, Wiggs will take the best perimeter slash wing player, which slides Clay down to guarding fours, which Steve Kerr confirmed in his media conference today. And I think actually, in some lineups against some teams, 
Clay might actually be going some fives here. And what I I say now is that if it's going to be, you know, if the Dre comes back in and it's Loon on the bench and that's, you know, the five-man unit of CP, Steph, Wiggs, Clay, Dre, I think against some teams you're actually going to see Clay guarding fives. Now, what I speak about here, obviously it won't happen opening night because Dre's most likely going to be out. But if you're regular season or in the playoffs, later in the regular season or in the playoffs, and you're coming up against the Phoenix Suns, and you're running that five-man unit to close a game, and you're running against a five-man unit of Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Eric Gordon, Kevin Durant, and Yusuf Nurkic, then I think primarily you want Dre against KD. I don't think Clay. I don't think you want Clay guarding KD at all. But you want Dre on KD. You ideally want Wiggs on Booker. I think in that scenario, Steph would take uh, Bradley Beal. And then I think CP would take Eric Gordon. That leaves Clay on Yusuf Nurkic. And I think from a Warrior perspective, you'd actually be okay with that because if you want to dump the ball into Yusuf Nurkic and let him go to work and try and punish that that mismatch all game or late in the game, I think that's probably what you want from a Warrior perspective. You want the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands, out of Bradley Beal's hands, out of Devin Booker's hands, and you want the ball and the offense run through Yusuf, Yusuf Nurkic. So I don't think that that's actually too much of a concern. It's just going to be, obviously, a, a game-by-game thing depending on you know what lineups the Warriors are running and what lineups they're, they're coming up against. But obviously, you know there's not too many great fours in the league that are necessarily going to be able to punish Clay. As I said, against KD, you're going to have Dre guarding him. Against Giannis at the Bucks, you're going to have um, Dre guarding him as well. So I think there's going to be a little bit of an interesting dynamic here, especially defensively with what the Warriors do uh, in particular lineups and against particular lineups as well. But we'll move forward to media day yesterday and some of the takeaways from that. The biggest thing for me, the most surprising element, like most of media day yesterday was primarily focused on Chris Paul, which was no surprise. That was long forthcoming. And, you know, he obviously had an extensive um, press conference, which I think was a positive thing for the Warriors. I think he spoke pretty well and pretty favorably. Uh, a lot of other players, the veterans were asked about how Chris Paul was going to gel with them, and the younger players were asked about how Chris Paul would be able to help them uh, and their development. But the most surprising element for me was the presence of Rudy Gay. I, I found this pretty strange. His kind of presence at Media Day was almost as if he was a guaranteed part of the team, which he's not. We heard from ESPN's uh, Adrian Wojnarowski last week who reported that Rudy Gay had signed a deal with the Warriors, but that he would compete for the vacant 14th roster spot at training camp. Well, he was donning James Wiseman's uh, number 33 in photos. He was the only one of the players on the training camp deals to go up and have uh, a press conference on media at Media Day, uh, and just the way that he, you know, other um, teammates were being asked about him during their own media conferences, it just gave me gave me a sense that this guy is almost, you know, him being the fourteenth uh, guy on the roster is a fait accompli, which I don't think it is. I think he's a firm favourite now, particularly after what I saw. At Media Day, he spoke uh, with 95.7 The Game, Steiny and Guru as well, uh, and he actually confirmed that he was given other offers from other teams, but that he felt different about, and that was his words, he felt different about this one with the Warriors, which also gives me an indication that I don't think he would have signed that deal 
with the Warriors, unless there was some kind of confidence or security that he would indeed get the 14th roster spot. Now, obviously, he's got to go out there and, and showcase what he can do in training camp at the moment, come preseason, which obviously starts against the Lakers on Saturday. So he's still got some work to do to guarantee that. But right now, I think he's probably 80% favorite, if not higher. Just because I I don't think the Warriors would have put him out there for a, a, a press conference, wouldn't have had you know teammates talking about him like they did without some you know security here that he's going to be the guy the 14th roster spot guy so how do I feel about that I'm not sure you know his year last season with the Jazz wasn't great 5.9 points per game I think it was 38% shooting from the floor 25% from three-point range now maybe you think playing again you know alongside other veterans you know star level players like Steph and, and Clay Chris Paul is a playmaker Maybe his efficiency scoring-wise can take a major leap from what we saw last season. But he's also 37 years of age. And this is continuing the Warriors' mentality of a win-now approach and taking guys that, quite frankly, are old. Chris Paul is 38. Rudy Gay is 37. They looked at Dwight Howard, who's 37. So it's it's interesting. Uh, I don't hate it, uh, particularly you know against some of the other uh, training camp deal guys with training camp deals, which includes um, you know Javon Johnson, Donovan Williams, uh, Rodney Magruder <clears throat> as well. Um, you know Rudy Gay is a lot more experienced, a, a lot more high profile uh, than those guys. But again, at 37, how much of an impact can he have for the Warriors? I wrote about when there, when he was first linked or when he first became available as a free agent after after getting bought out or waived, whichever he was. I did write about, you know, and talk about, I, I just don't want him to come in and take, you know, minutes off JK because I think JK is a much more impactful player now and obviously he's got the upside that Rudy Gay doesn't have as a 37-year-old. So I'm just I'm just wary about that and I'm wary about Steve Kerr leaning too much into experience and giving minutes to, you know, Rudy Gay when he could otherwise be giving them to Jonathan Kaminga. I just, I'm slightly concerned about that. I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue because I actually think... The, the talent gap between Jonathan Kaminga and Rudy Gay and the impact that those two players can have this season will be wide enough that Steve Kerr's not even consider not even going to consider playing Rudy Gay above Jonathan Kaminga. I still think Rudy Gay will be a guy, as I've said with most players in regard to his 14th roster spot, a guy that plays 10 minutes a game every third or fourth game. And he's not a nightly part of the rotation by any means. But it's certainly interesting. I thought it was the most surprising element from training camp yesterday, just the presence that Rudy Gay had there in terms of you know taking photos, in terms of being up in his own press conference, uh, and the way that teammates spoke about him as well. Rudy Gay is a wing forward as such, um, has played a fair bit of small ball five uh, in the last couple of seasons for Utah. Certainly is in a traditional center, though. And Draymond Green, in his media conference, was kind of asked about you know the Warriors training camp deals, about you know the their interest in Dwight Howard, and he kind of hinted to the front office that he would like another big. He said, "Would a big be beneficial to us? I don't see it hurting us. I think it could add a benefit. The Lakers are huge. That's who we lost to. Doesn't mean we're necessarily going to lose again, but if we don't if we don't get the size, but it may help." So basically, Draymond was pretty um, comfortable, I suppose, with their current roster, and he said that Mike Dunleavy Jr. is doing a great job of filling the impossible shoes of Bob Myers. 
but he also did hint that, hey, we could do with some extra size here because obviously there's no seven-footers on the roster. Dario Saric at 6'10 is, uh, is the tallest player that they have available to them. Dre's obviously going to play a lot of small ball, five at 6'6". Six, six. Loon's generally going to be the starting center at least to start the season at 6'9". They actually listed Trace Jackson Davis at 6'8 uh, on, on the training camp roster there. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Usman Garuba as well, I think, is 6'8". So there's a lot of guys who you would classify as small ball fives. And, again, it goes down to what I've said all offseason with the Warriors, pushing more into finding you know Golden State-style players, Steve Kerr-style players, rather than you know necessarily getting a guy with you know 7'1", 7'7", wingspan. I just listed James Wiseman's kind of athletic traits there. Um, but that's kind of you know what I mean. I mean, you know, guys that are big just for the sake of being big. They're not interested in that. They ultimately didn't go with Dwight Howard or a couple of the other uh, veteran centers that they looked at, which included Derek Favors, um, Tony Bradley, Dwayne Dedman, those kind of things. The other uh, aspect to the media day yesterday was uh, the injuries for the Warriors. So as we've spoken about, Draymond Green, four to six weeks is still the timeline. He will get reevaluated by the Warriors in two weeks. He spoke about it, said it could have been a lot worse um, than what he initially thought. Said it's progressing well. Uh, he's a fast healer, he called himself. Uh, he had no moon boot on. He wasn't on crutches, so that's a good sign. I know for me personally, when I did uh, mine, I was on crutches for about three days after. Uh, so hopefully he's back sooner rather than later, but you know the Warriors are clearly going to take a cautious approach there. And the other one which we didn't really know about was Corey Joseph. So he has got a lower back strain. He will be also re-evaluated in two weeks' time. Not nothing from the Warriors' perspective, not nothing. And the, the reason I say that is because they're obviously going to take a cautious approach with Dre and Corey Joseph. And I just wonder if both of those guys are out for the start of the regular season on, on October 24. That puts a lot of kind of ball handling and playmaking pressure on Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Now, obviously, you brought in Chris Paul for that particular reason, for you know when injuries hit, you've got a guy there who's one of the best ball handling and playmaking point guards in the history of the game, alongside you know the best shooter in the game, Steph Curry. So you kind of comfortable enough with that to start the season, but you don't want that to drag on for too much longer because in Draymond Green and Corey Joseph, you've also got two of your most um, effective ball handlers and playmakers uh, out, out as well. So I just, you'd be a little bit concerned about that because, you know, if Steph or CP, they run into injury issues or if there's some foul troubling games, then who are you really looking at? to come in, settle the offense, run the offense, uh, and provide that playmaking and ball handling. I don't know who it is. I mean, in summer league, we saw Brandon Pajemski do it. I don't think Warrior fans should be comfortable of you know, him coming in and playing you know any more than a couple of minutes in that particular role. So he's certainly probably not going to be the one, and I just wonder who it is if, if that were to eventuate. So... I think you'd be a little bit nervous, I suppose, if the Corey Joseph back injury drags on a little bit, or if the, you know, and the Draymond back uh, ankle injury drags on a little bit, just because it puts a bit of pressure uh, on um, Steph and Chris Paul just to not get injured, really. Um, and obviously, those guys are 35 and 38 years of age, so you don't want to be putting too much pressure on them, particularly at the start of the regular season. Other than that, guys, I'm uh, going to have an ep another episode in a couple of days with a guest on, so looking forward 
to that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter slash X at POC252. That's P-O-K-252. If you, have, if you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube. Be greatly appreciated. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Any comments, as I said, you can tweet me or leave below on our YouTube channel. Other than that, uh, enjoy your next couple of days and I'll see you soon.